Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to Paul Lisnick Behind the Curtain. My opportunity to step away from the worlds of law and politics I cover on television. Lord knows there's enough of that. And to talk about some of the entertainment going on in the city. But this is today's show is a little bit different in that we're talking about a great entertainment venue, one with incredible history, like 125 years of history. And of course, even as I say that, I can think of a couple of places in our grand city that, that uh, celebrate anniversaries around that, uh, around that time period. Um, but today we're going to talk about the fine arts building the Studebaker Theater. It's had an amazing history with, as I've done my homework on this thing, some of the people who perform there and have called this at least professional home has been amazing. Joining me is the Artistic Managing Director of the Fine Arts Building uh, and the Studebaker Theater, and that's Jacob Harvey. And Jacob, good to see you. When last we met, you were over at the Greenhouse Theater. Your career, I'm reading your background. I don't even know how to describe your background. Well, it's good to see you too, Paul. I uh, yeah, it's been it's been a very interesting and fun uh, four years or so, um, and you know, took a couple interesting twists and turns. Um, some of it related to the COVID nineteen pandemic, but yeah, the last time we talked, I was over at the Greenhouse Theater Center in Lincoln Park. Um, I left Chicago in twenty nineteen to go work at Cirque du Soleil, and then COVID happened, and. Um, then the fates have conspired and brought me back to Chicago, back to the Fine Arts Building. I've been at the Fine Arts Building for two and a half years now, doing some of what I think might be um, some of the most important work I've done um, artistically, but also here in Chicago, uh, being a part of this um, revitalization of this historic landmark and this artist haven and, you know, helping wake it back up from the COVID-19 slumber that you know the whole industry had right well i'll be honest man i i think that's a proper way to, to turn about waking it up but also to revitalize a structure which you know probably could have seen a lot more life in these past you know perhaps periods of years and whatever before that uh, it is coming back to life in a big way and by the way your background as i said it's hard to describe it because while well, you talk about those things you know i know like greenhouse theater but you produce shows you've been involved with the illusionist on broadway my point is you understand production you understand performance you understand reaching an audience and that becomes so important because that's sort of your new mission as you look at the fine art let's distinguish if we can i keep saying fine arts building, Studebaker Theater. Distinguish those two things for me, if you would. Sure. So the Studebaker Theater is inside the Fine Arts Building, right? The Fine Arts Building is um, a Chicago landmark. The Studebaker and the Fine Arts Building are both 125 years old as of the the year 2023. Not, the landmark didn't happen until 1978, but yeah. That is correct. That is correct. Um, but so, you know, we are celebrating the 125th anniversary of the building and the Studebaker Theater. But um, one thing to distinguish the two is um, some folks who are listening might remember the Studebaker Theater as the fine arts movie theaters. That's what that, the- I was going to bring that up. This is where the movie theater, there were, I think, four theaters, tiny little theaters. That's right. That's right. So, but before that, from 1979 all the way back to 1898, it was a live performance venue. It originally started off as a concert hall, and it showed vaudeville and opera and different musical and performance, you know, entertainments. 
But then around 1917, the Schubert organization came in, did a renovation of the theater and started bringing touring shows and other, you know, sort of commercial theater that was coming to Chicago at the time. So the theater has always had this long legacy of being a performance space, being a live performance space. But the movie theaters closed in 2003 and the theater had largely been unoccupied since. Um, in about 2016, the Fine Arts Building started to experiment with bringing the theater back to life. And that decision was made in 2019 to really do it in a serious way. And then the pandemic happened. And we fast forward to today, that dream has finally become a reality. And the Studebaker is reopened. It is alive and well. And also so is the Fine Arts Building. You know, we have a full lease of tenants um, here in the building. For anybody who is, may not be aware, it is a 10-story building of artists, artisans. Um, there's a lot of musicians, instrument shops, repair shops, work studios, photographers, yoga studios, talent agents. Uh, you name it, the Fine Arts Building has it. We have an incredible independent bookstore, sheet music store, the list goes on and on and on, arts and arts adjacent, right? What's kind of remarkable about it is that for the last 125 years, the Fine Arts Building has always been that. So a lot of what I've gotten to do is celebrate that and commemorate that by digging into the history, talking to some of the folks who have been in this building for a long time. I mean, there there are organizations that have been in the fine arts building for 60 years, you know? Um, and so talking to some of those legacy companies and legacy tenants about the building, and we've been doing a lot of work throughout the building to kind of turn it into what we're calling a living museum where we're paying homage to the past, commemorating historically prominent artists who have been in the building like William Denslow, who is, uh, you know, the famous illustrator, most famously known for father goose and, the wonderful Wizard of Oz, right? Where we have discovered that L. Frank Baum and Denslow met here in the Fine Arts Building at the Caxton Club, which was a book club. So the wonderful Wizard of Oz was drawn here in the Fine Arts Building, uncovering those little things from the past and being able to share them out with the public and really make the Fine Arts Building engaging, inviting, um, and, and welcoming. You know, it, it, there's, there's a sort of renovation piece of this uh, as you yep. look through the years, but there's the part that I think both you and I love even more, which are the stories. Uh, yeah. because when you, it's a who's who of people who have performed that bill, Bob Hope and Yul Brenner and Martin Sheen. And I thought this was fascinating that a young Jessica Lang, I guess she lived here because she was taking violin lessons in that building. Yes, yes. I mean, there is, it, it, the list goes on and on and on and on, right? And that's kind of what is so incredible and, why I said, you know, this might be um, some of the most important work I found myself in, because you can't walk into the fine arts building and not appreciate and feel the gravity and the importance of what's here and who has come before, right? Um, not just on the Studebaker stage, but also musicians and artists who have been in the building, right? Famous um, Chicago artists, prominent Chicago artists, but also international artists that have found their ways in and through the fine arts building. You know, it's we're still peeling back all the layers. We're still finding out lots of really fun and exciting stories. There's been Pope Laureates, Frank Lloyd Wright, um, part of this building. Was it somebody, for example, Frank Lloyd Wright, what did he have an office in the building? Is that was this his office space? 
So he had an office for a brief time, I think two or three months. What Frank Lloyd Wright contributed to the Fine Arts Building was actually there were um, three spaces in the Fine Arts Building that he designed. The Thurber Art Galleries, Brown's Bookstore, and a Japanese print shop. So he was here at the Fine Arts Building designing spaces for art galleries and for other artists and held a studio here on the 10th floor for a short time while he was doing that. Let's let's go back to the very beginning of this uh, history, because when this place was built, I think like 1885, something like that. Studebaker was a family name. It was a family company and they made and assembled horse carriages. That's what this space was. That's right. That's right. And that's what's kind of I, I marvel at the architecture and like the technology of architecture of it all, because this, when the building was first built, it was an eight story building. And when the Studebakers outgrew the building, what they were doing was assembling carriages from the eighth floor down. The Studebaker Theater was the showroom where they showed off the carriages. I was told by um, the Studebaker archives in South Bend, Indiana, that it is very likely that the Studebakers showcased Lincoln's carriage in one of the windows on Michigan Avenue. Right. So that's so the carriages were coming from the top, working their way down when they work, when they um, outgrew the building, they hired the same architect, Salon Beeman, who built the building for them to refashion it as the fine arts building. The story of how that came to be is also really interesting, but um, the point is, is they chopped off the eighth floor of the building and they built another, a new eighth, ninth, and then tenth floor. And when you explore the tenth floor of the Fine Arts Building, you'll see there's skylights. So at the beginning of the beginnings of the building, there were a lot of visual artists up on the tenth floor because they would have all this natural light coming in from the skylights. There are murals on the tenth floor that were painted in 1900 by original artists of the building and and local artists in Chicago at the time. People who are hearing us talk about this might say, do I get to see the building? You know, some of these buildings and some of the things you're talking about might just be available in that weekend in October when Chicago Architectural Foundation does their, you know, city walks and they open up buildings not otherwise open to the public. That's a little bit different here because people actually get to enjoy at least parts of the fine arts building all the time. Yeah, that's right. It's open to the public seven days a week. You don't have to, you know, have an appointment. Um, you can come and explore the building. We've put 45 plaques around the building and counting to commemorate some of these historically prominent tenants I was talking about. We also have two exhibits that are open to the public at any point about the history of the building and a little bit about the history of theater in the building. Really, really cool information about the Chicago Little Theater um, that was founded by Maurice Brown and Ellen von Volkenberg. Ellen von Volkenberg famously coined the phrase puppeteer. And now fast forward a century later, the Chicago International Puppet Festival is in the studio where the little theater was, you know, so that's kind of a really cool full circle moment. Um, so all those discoveries are here and available for folks at the Fine Arts Building. Now, can you like if I were to go, you just recently had personality uh, that that had an extended run. So that's part of the sort of the Broadway live theater thing coming back. But if I'm there for the theater at night, can I go up to the fifth floor, go up to the 10th floor? Or is that more of a nine to five thing? No, no, you can. You can. I mean, the, the building is open when there's a show going on and the elevator operators are here and they will take you up to the 10th floor, up to the fifth floor. You could spend your intermission at a show, you know, or come early or, or stay a little after and, and take in the exhibits. Absolutely. I was going to talk about the fact that uh, because when I was there for personality, but I've, I've been there for like some opera things and whatever uh, over the years, sure. that the elevators, it, that they're still operated by elevator folks and, and you don't get on and hit the magic buttons and, and up you don't. It, that, that has to be an intentional decision to maintain that because certainly that could have been renovated over the years. 
Yes. And unfortunately, we're in the slow process of starting to renovate the mechanics of it all. We are one of the last buildings in Chicago to have the human operated elevators. Is that a good thing or is that something you'd actually like to modernize? It's 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 both. Right. It, it, it is unfortunately necessary to modernize this technology. One of the charms of the fine arts building, as you you know pointed out, is these elevators and the elevator operators. Um, so there is that aspect of it that is sad to be losing eventually. Yeah. It's going to be another year and a half or so or more before it finally comes to fruition. But unfortunately, the parts uh, for these elevators are bespoke to these elevators and are becoming increasingly more and more difficult to find. So to you know safeguard the building for another 125 years, we have to make this decision and, and, and oversee this sort of modernization. But we are making every effort to make sure the elevators are historically replicated. Um, we'll just be missing the human in the elevator taking you to where you go. And 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 I admit that that it's a, it's a, it's it was a difficult choice to have to make because it is such a huge part of the charm of the building. Well, and of course, part of what will I'm sure be memorialized is the fact that we'll be able to see parts of exhibits, or this was the original, whatever, or here's the uniform, maybe the elevator guy wore something like that exactly. that can be put on display. Exactly. I think, which is cool. Um, well, I'm also seeing some more current theaters stepping in. Porchlight Music Theater, for example, a theater mm-hmm. that I'm very involved with. Uh, next uh, next year will be, I think, May or something is doing Sunday in the Park with George uh, over a weekend. That's right. So, talk about the reach out to the theater companies who have their own space, but obviously cert- there are certain events, certain production, certain something where they go Studebaker's where we want to be. Yeah. And I mean, you hit the nail on the head, right? You know, there's the, the way that we remodeled the Studebaker because all of this started with a big renovation of the space to bring it back up to, to snuff, so to speak. Right. Um, a big part of the decision-making around the renovation was this needs to be a place that is accessible and available to local companies that may not otherwise have access to this area downtown, right? And also smaller shows or other shows that are in development that are still finding their way, that are on their way somewhere, um, but maybe are not, the engine behind it is not a local nonprofit organization like Personality, right? That's a show that is in development that was ready to be seen by a Chicago audience, but, you know, it's not you know, opening on Broadway this season either, right? Um, there's a place for those for those shows. Um, and we want Studebaker to be that place. So with the local companies, you know, it, it, it makes sense to us that we can be the home for exactly what you're talking about. You know, a, a company like a Porchlight Theater that does have their own space, but is interested in doing something a little different or a little bit extra or a little bit grander, or, you know, there's something very opulent about the space. And I think that also for a company that is, or companies that are so important to Chicago's arts and culture community, the Studebaker makes a, makes a lot of sense because it has the history, it has the legacy, but it also is in that very sweet mid-size range. There's only 600 seats in the theater. So it's, it's not too much of a far cry for those companies, right? Well, it's very cool bottled water you can buy on, on the way in. It's, those are really cool bottles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I thought I'd toss that in. Uh, yeah. But here's the thing. So as much as, and by the way, Porchlight, which is doing Sunday in the Park with George, um, I mean, that, that's just made total sense to me for whatever reason when I saw that, because, you know, they're not doing Ernest Shackleford. Uh, they're not doing, you know, something else. I mean, it's something like that is one classy show, one, you know, classy event and all that it brings in with, you know, the the painting and all that. 
And to do it in that space makes total sense. I think it's brilliant on Michael Weber's part and the part of the course like people to say, wait, let's bring this over to Studebaker. In talking to Michael Weber, you know, I learned that before I started here, you know, during the pandemic, Porchlight actually had rented the Studebaker from the Fine Arts Building to, to shoot uh, a musical segment for their audiences. So that was, I think, sort of their first introduction to the Studebaker before it was even renovated. And even then, you know, when you're um, a Chicago theater history buff, like I think Michael is, you know, this is, you understand like why this place is so cool, right? Yeah. But of course, this place could have been something very different if somebody else's vision in the 1950s had come through. I'll have you tell the story, but I'm talking about Bernie Salins. And for people who know that name, they're going, is, isn't that the guy that created Second City? Uh, yeah, that's the guy. But really, this could have been Studebaker City instead. That's what right. happened? Tell me that, tell it, me that story. It's such a cool story. So um, the quick background is from 1950 to 1955, NBC used the Studebaker as a television studio. They shot the Cavalcade of Stars and the Jack Carter show in there. That wrapped up in about 55. And Bernie Sollins uh, and some colleagues took over the Studebaker and named it, named the Studebaker Theater Company. They had an office here on the eighth floor. And the, the premise was local Chicago-centric, Chicago theater, you know, modern classics, but it was very Chicago. Ensemble so it wasn't, an improv, it wasn't an improv thing? No, no, they were doing they were doing Chekhov's and, oh. you know, um, they, they were doing the the like I said, the modern classics. Right. Um, importance of being earnest and, and those kinds of plays. Right. It only lasted for two years. And then and then Bernie went to go, you know, co-found the Second City. So I don't know all of the details as to how and why the Studebaker Theater didn't pan out, except that it was having a hard time finding its audience. And I really like this story because it talks to me about how failures, quote unquote, can be launching pads and springboards to other successes, right? Growth comes from a little bit of pruning of, 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 of the garden, right? And so I put myself in that headspace and think, oh man, you know, how disappointing. But if that hadn't happened, maybe we wouldn't have this other really incredible institution here in Chicago, right? So everything happens for a reason. And it, yeah, that'd be an interesting, and I'm sure there are, I need to check it out. I'm sure there is the story of how he shifted from that to the notion of moving over to improv and going to a very, yeah, very separate, uh, very separate thing. But thank goodness we have both of those things. That's uh, right. There are other, so, some programs in general that happen, the Second Friday program. Talk about those things people can enjoy sort of all year round, various times of the year. So whether people are watching us now or six months from now, and th there's things they can come enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. So um, like you said, Second Friday of every month, Open Studios Fine Arts Building, right? Open to the public. The artists in the building open their studios and you can engage, interact, mingle with them. There's refreshments. There's it's, It feels like a very festive party. The building kind of comes alive. There's usually live music. There's usually live performances. There's art on display. Um, there's things that are interactive uh, that the different studios uh, will put on. There's a jewelry maker on the seventh floor who will usually get you to sit down and, and make something with you. Um, so there's a little something for everyone. It's really cool if you are an artist yourself, 
It's a really great opportunity to engage with the building, network with fellow artists, folks in the community, see what people are working on. If you are an arts lover, it's a really great way to see what's going on here and also maybe find yourself a cool new piece of art. So that's the second Friday of every month. You can always sign up for the event and RSVP for it at fineartsbuilding.com, but it is free. It's open to the public. You can just show up. 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Second Friday of every month without fail. It happens. Um, And then also we usually will um, rotate. We have a a gallery on the second floor that's curated by one of the tenants here in the building. And um, usually around the second Fridays is when that gallery gets sort of recurated. So usually every month there's a new, a new art show going on on the second floor that is also open to the public and, and available to see every month right outside of the bookstore, Exile in Bookville, on the second floor. So I'm a huge fan of Chicago history. I mean, I, I have a collection of Columbian Exposition, World's Fair 1893 stuff and whatever. I just, I'm all about Chicago history. And so Studebaker is part of that that history. And I'm sort of curious for venues like you or the Auditorium Theater or, or places like that, you you have, I think, a mission to to pay respect and homage to the past but you also have an eye towards the future um, because things change. This is not 1898 anymore. We're not making coaches that are being brought down eight floors uh, to the showroom. It's a different world. You're the managing artistic director. What? Talk to me about your thought process, what, what, what you're looking for, what you want to bring in that both meets the purpose, unless you disagree with me, of respecting the past but looking to the future. Well, that's exactly it. I don't think that we should be uh, defined by the past, but we should certainly be informed by it, right? It, it, it came to me, I think, a little just by instinct, right? When I first started working here, it's I have to understand the significance of this place right now and like where we are in this moment in time in order to know where we should be going, right? And I think that You know, the fine arts building is a little bit of a melting pot of the arts and culture sector of Chicago. What is unique to me about Chicago and has always stood out to me and why I chose to move to Chicago as a theater artist for the first time back in 2015 is arts and culture, theater, visual art, music, dance. It is woven into the fabric of our civic pride here in Chicago. We as Chicagoans participate in the arts as a city in a way that is unique. I'm from Los Angeles. I've lived in New York. I've lived in the Bay Area. I haven't seen anything else or felt anything else quite like it. The amount of pride that goes into it. So that coupled with the history says, this is why the Fine Arts Building is so significant. It has been this landmark. uh, It has been this building with this mission for 125 years. It was landmarked in the late 70s. That's an architectural consideration. But the mission has stayed the same largely for 125 years to be this haven for artists. We will continue to be that. Part of what I look towards is, is everybody being represented, right? Do we have theater companies and dance companies? Is there something for everyone? Is there at least a place for everyone here, right? So an example of that is we now um, this year opened a space called The Little Studio on the seventh floor which is, uh, you know, an homage to the little theater, but it really is 
designed with the storefront theater community in mind. We've done new play festivals in there, workshops. It's a really great rehearsal and workshop space and a presentation space. And that's a way of saying, yes, the storefront theater community also has a place here in the fine arts building, right? It's not just the Studebaker theater at 600 seats, right? It's, it's for everyone. We, you know, we have um, artists uh, who are, towards you know the later parts of their career and artists in the building that are just getting their careers started and that i think is the beauty of the fine arts building is that you get that melting pot you've got the two components you've got the performance and theater component but there's this sort of other business office kinds of component you've already described it as being arts related or at least arts adjacent so do you ever have somebody who says hey i'm looking for space but they're not appropriate for the fine if i came to you and said um you know i want to open a crossfit uh, you know, which I would not be doing, but, but, you know, I want to open this gym. I want to open this. Would you say that's really not kind of who we are? Yeah. So we, we have a property manager that, that really manages the, the tenant side of the building and yeah. does the of the studios. And, and I would not be surprised if that were the case. There have been some interesting tenants of the building. I've heard stories of, um, there was an axe thrower, an axe throwing company in the building. Always good to have. Yeah. Interesting. I also have learned that the Fine Arts Building was the site of Chicago's first um, escape room. Um, so that's interesting. But yes, to your point, you know, maybe maybe not a CrossFit, but we do have yoga instructors in the building. So it's not too far-fetched. Um, to engage some physical or some spirituality into the arts. Well, and I, right? I just kind of made that up. I, my point is that I'm assuming whatever comes in the building, we have to be a way to say I am arts related or arts adjacent, right? I mean, that's I right. guess that- that's that's correct. I mean, because we also have graphic designers, we have clothing makers, we have architects. There's a talent agent. There's a headshot photographer. You know, there's a bookstore. You know, so it's it's arts, arts adjacent, but that also expands to literary, et cetera, et cetera. And also, it's an interesting segue to talk about the restaurant space on the first floor, right? Famously, the Fine Arts Building also was the home of the Artist Cafe for 60 years. They closed in 2019 as though they had a premonition that something was coming. And they, uh, we have been in the process of turning this space over and renovating it so that a new restaurant can come in. But the way that we've been talking about it, it really is about, okay, so let's make sure the culinary arts are also represented at the fine arts building. So who, who that next re- or what that next restaurant is or who we work with is also a very intentional choice to make sure that it is um, right for the fine arts building, right for the Chicago community, right for this area on Michigan Avenue, because not only is it going to serve the Studebaker theater and the fine arts building, but also the auditorium and of course the CSO and the artists, the two right down the street. Right. Yeah. And by the way, and having that, and I've eaten at that, at the fine arts cafe, I was there many a time at whether I was seeing a movie, right. And when it was fine arts movies Mm -hmm. or whatever, it's, I think that's just kind of an important anchor thing to have uh, within the space. So I'm glad to see that is so right now, is that a closed area that's just under renovation? That's right. That's right. Okay, but it'll make it yeah. back. Come to the Fine Arts Building, you'll see the windows have all been decorated to promote the shows that are coming into the Studebaker. So we don't have, you know, empty windows, but um, it also is a little, you know, mind the dust, right? Right, gotcha. Well, with just a couple of moments left, but what would you like people to, as you look forward to, to your plans and what you want to bring in, what what happens to in that, uh, in that space in the next 5, 10, 15 years or however long you're around running things? 
Yeah, I, I want the Fine Arts Building to continue to grow and be this hub for the Chicago arts community. I want it to be the beacon that I think it certainly is and, 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 and was when it first started, right? Um, and, and continue that legacy, right? I want it to be a place that is welcome to artists and arts lovers. I want the Studebaker Theater to be alive and well with being represented by the local arts community as well as shows from out of town and really be um, accessible to, to folks in, in the broader sense of that word, right? Um, I want there to be a little something for everyone. I want there to be things for families to do and, and for adults to be able to do on their own without the kids, right? Um, so it, it really wants to be a home for art in all forms, like we sa- say it is, right? Um, and it is a place where serious work is done, but it is also a place where fun and and joy come as well. And the best part about the Fine Arts Building and working here is walking through the halls, there's always somebody singing, there's always music playing. It's hard not to be inspired by that. So, you know, I think that's a very, you know, lofty way of saying I want to continue to grow and continue to be uh, a beacon for the arts community here. And I, and I look forward to hopefully seeing more and more collaboration between uh, the space and the Studebaker Theater and other arts entities, again, like Porchlight. Um, yeah. I just think when I think of, of you guys and I think of the auditorium just kind of down the street from or up the street from you uh, and where you are, those are just some of Chicago's crown jewels um, that need to grow and need to prosper um, and, and to bring people, tourists, but also people who live here all the time, to bring them back to these spaces that maybe they, the pandemic or other things had them stay away from for a while. It's time to come back. That's right. I couldn't agree with you more. And when we participate in, you know, the Chicago Architecture Center open house, right, the amount of people that come through this building who have never been here before and yeah. to see that magic and the way that they light up, it just hammers home your point of, of it is so special and it is time for people to come back and, and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Well, Jacob Harvey, the Managing Artistic Director for the Fine Arts Building and Studebaker Theater, I have, I have to tell you, when I started off and I sort of said I don't even know how to describe your background, because one of the things I had to remind myself of was the fact that you went to high school in Los Angeles and school in New York, and where is this guy from? What, but I'm glad that ultimately Chicago is your home. That's right. That's right. I've been a bit nomadic, but happy to call Chicago home. I agree with you. So there are a few websites and things, but I think the, the best website for people who just want to explore the building, the tours, whatever, fineartsbuilding.com? Fineartsbuilding.com. I would also encourage uh, folks on Instagram to follow us at fineartsbuilding. Easy enough. Thanks for the history lesson. Hope people listen to this over and over again because it's uh, it's just an important thing to, to get a handle of. Congratulations. You got, you got one of the best jobs in Chicago. It's fantastic. Thanks, Paul. I, I, I love it. I, I, thank you so much. All right, Jacob Harvey, do good things at the Fine Arts Building, and I'll see you there soon. See you soon. Bye-bye.